0: And welcome back to Fully Equipped, Jonathan Wall, joined as always by my guys, Gene Prenti and Chris McCormick. Boys, I really wish that we could sometimes hit record about 10 or 15 minutes before we start the pod, because the conversation is, it's X-rated, but it's always good.
1: That good one to today probably would have resulted in the podcast being canceled, all of us being fired, and uh, probably some type of... Uh, uh, angry Karen emails or something along those lines What have happened. Would have happened.
0: Ha- hashtag cancel culture.
2: I say that's a fair analysis, Chris. That yeah, hashtag canceled it. Zia <laughs> 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 uh, wouldn't want to be. Uh, no. So, yes.
0: And I would say about 99% of it was non gear related. Some salacious rumors. I mean, man, it, there, was a, there was a lot going on there. Blood the 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 Coach was didn't. Yeah, I'm glad Coach didn't have an itchy trigger finger. Let's just put it that way. Oh, true story. Yeah, How are we do- you
2: know, this is the internet. Can't we just say anything and see what sticks? I mean, I thought that's what the essence of this, uh, you know, medium was. So we, we
0: we could try. How are we doing otherwise?
1: No complaints uh, on mine.
2: Compared to, compared to Chris, I'm doing really well.
1: Chris pounded a five-hour
0: energy before this before this pod recording, so he is he is on one today. I, which am, I, I am love ready I love
1: to go. He's I love this merger. version of the serial killer. <laughs> yes, sir. Ready, ready to go. go. Fired up. Ready to do this. Looking forward to it. Why
0: I need I need some fun in my life. I I lost my dog 15 years this week. It's been a been a bit of a bummer. So the the, the podcast is my. My place where I get a little bit of fun, because the last few days I've been an absolute wreck. So you're going to have to keep my spirits up this week. Let's well, you get way.
2: to you get to you get to come and deal with two clowns and try to moderate them. So that'll keep your mind off of it, if nothing else. So,
1: yeah.
0: so that's what I do. I just got to make sure I keep the ship afloat and make sure that we don't get uh, that we don't get all get fired. I
1: was that's I was going to say, j Wall, like so today in particular, how does it feel being the adultier adult?
0: I mean, that's like, it's my life when I'm on this podcast. I just,
1: I kind of keep the
0: train on the tracks. Make sure the kids don't, you know, drink bleach or Tide stick pods, their finger in a Tide light socket or, a or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Understood. For sure. Anyway, all right, well, we do have some gear topics this week. It was a pretty quiet week, I would say, for for equipment. Usually there's that lull right after the Masters where... You know, everybody's ramping up for the PGA and, and we've got some fun tournaments. I do love RBC Heritage. I, I used to go to Hilton Head as a kid every summer. So it's always fun to see that event and had a pretty decent field for for being the week after the Masters. Jordan Spieth is your winner. You know, I was I was going through his bag setup and you want to talk about a guy, if we were going to like categorize bag setups as you know, I jokingly in a, in a video that I did a testing video, I had the cheeseburger, the spicy cheeseburger. Um, it, you know, it just kept going. They were all cheeseburgers, but but Jordan Spieth's setup is like cheese and meat. Like there's just not a, there's not it's not it's not a sexy bag setup. It just gets the job done. He's got Titleist TSI three driver with a Fuji Ventus Blue six X shaft. TS2 3-Wood, clearly a guy, as we've talked about before, who doesn't like to mess with the 3-Wood. He's pretty happy in that TS2. He's got the new Ventus TR Blue 7X, though, in that 3-Wood, which I, which I always find interesting. You know, he's got a new version of the Ventus in the 3-Wood, but the original version in the driver. Hybrids, Titleist 818H2 with a graphite design, Tour 80Di 95X t 100 irons in the four through nine, Vokey design SM9 in 46, 52, 56. Then he's got a Wedge Work 60T in the lobber and then the trusty 009, Pro V1X. I mean, would you, would you guys agree? Is that like an American cheeseburger? I mean, it's just it's American cheese and meat. That's it. It's, it's it yeah, gets it's, the job it's it's done, pie, but there's not a lot of a do
1: it. purist. I would say yeah, just I would be well, purist.
2: Well, the the interesting thing to me, and I I don't know Jordan at all, but it's just fascinating how he just, you know, basically a one-stop shop fits all. It was like, whatever title this has got is going to work for me, and, um, you know, as we gone through these bags of these players and stuff is some club usually sticks out that you know works better for him, whether it be a wedge or a hybrid or a three wood or maybe even a driver but something always sticks out that just really works for these guys and you you know I mean just looking at I, I was looking at the pictures and looking at the wear marks it looks like he's had these clubs for a while it looks like you know he's not one of those guys that looks like he's changing gear out constantly and seems to be, you know, pretty comfortable in his selections.
0: I, I have to say, I am surprised that he, this is going to, this is going to be sacrilegious. I'm I'm going to get hate mail for this, but the double Oh nine do is, is a putter mail? that he's, that he's, I, I, get, I do get <laughs> messages. Normally people slide into my DMS and tell me that I say certain things on the pod that they don't appreciate or, colloquialisms or I just I'm just weird like that I, I'll say things sometimes and it just gets under people's skin I don't know it's it's well I I'm not I'm not, make a, I'm, not make I'm not a guy a, that likes to you know stir shit up but apparently people think that I do
2: I make up words does that ever come back I mean I you know <laughs> I, that's that's like one of my fortes so i was
1: curious about that I, I had, I had that a
0: guy reach out to me and tell me that I said that I said kinda a lot on the podcast
1: really kinda huh and i was using
0: i was using it in the in the wrong way (laughs) anyway (laughs) shout out to you buddy if you're still listening to the podcast
1: godspeed sir
0: appreciate it
2: rock on grammar police we salute you kind of
0: i mean i am an editor but but when i'm on this podcast i usually throw all of my schooling and, and everything out the window and we just let
1: it rip Yeah, highly overrated. We don't need to be PC here. There's enough PC. Anyway, so the 009. This is a, and
0: everybody knows the story. If you listen to the pod, you know the story on this putter. He's been using it since junior golf. Jordan was like a lot of junior golfers. He wanted to use a 009. He saw guys like Adam Scott using it, and it's like, oh man, I really want one of those tour putters. Well, even as a junior golfer, Jordan Spieth was a hot commodity, and and he ended up getting a 009, and he's been using it. But man, he is he's been ice cold with that putter. I mean, he missed a bunny on eighteen during the final round. I think he was second to last or dead last in Strokes Game putting during the third round. And he I mean, he even said after after the third round, I you know, or I think after he won, he said I, I won without a putter <laughs> during the third round. It's I don't know. I don't know. I I, I get it. It's kind of like Tiger with, with the Newport 2 and a few other guys who have used putters for, for long stretches. Brant Snedeker with his, uh, with his Odyssey, Rossi. There, there are a few guys that you can point out and say, all right, they use it. You know, through thick and thin, they're stuck with the putter. But he's, he's on a rough stretch with this 009. I'm ready for him to pull something else out of the bag. He's got to have a backup or something. If he's winning with, with a putter that's balky, I mean, good more power to him, but what would happen if he actually had a putter that was making putts?
1: He needs to go visit the timeout closet, see what's in there.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. I was just about to say, I, I know I know. Chris has a suggestion for him.
1: Absolutely. So. There's got to be something in there. There's got to be yeah. a backup. There's got to be something that he's been testing. Because, yeah, to your point, J-Wall, I mean, his putting has been less than good for quite some time. And, I mean, stuff that you rewind it back a few years, there was no question he's stepping up and he's, I mean, making more that he's missing. And as of late, it's just very lackluster performance on the greens for sure.
0: Yeah. Very lackluster. So Jordan, if you listen to this podcast, try something else.
1: Something. Get him out. He's not hurt.
0: He's, he's, he, he got a dub this year. So everything else from this point forward is, is just, it's just icing on the cake. Exactly.
1: Might might as well do some testing. Might as well do some testing, locked up the status, you know, climbed up the FedEx, uh, maybe do some testing.
2: Yep. So we'll that see. that that leads that leads to an interesting question that's not necessarily gear related, but uh, you know, is his career complete if he just wins one or two tournaments a year and never wins another major or You know, is his game such, you know, because that's always a question about Rory,
0: right? I was going to say, I think he falls into that camp. He falls into the Rory camp, which is his star shined brightest early on in his career. And I think everybody gave him these lofty expectations. I mean, I I think everybody would agree they're probably unattainable, but, you know, 10 majors and, you know, I, I think I think there people expected him to be that guy, and he sort of hit this this point in his career where I mean, look, he was he's doing all these drills, these gyrations, trying to trying to flatten the club on the way down, and I mean they were showing video of him at at a match playing Austin. That was really the first time we had seen him do that. And everybody's like, oh, man, Spieth's done. Like, if this is his swing, if, and it wasn't, it's just, it's just how he helps rehearse it and feel that club, you know, shallowing out on the way down. But everybody's like, oh, he's done. And it's, it's so funny. Every time we doubt Speeth and we think that he's done, he wins again. And everybody hops back on the bandwagon. And, yeah, I, I don't – his career isn't going to be considered a flop, because he's won 13 times on the PGA tour. He's a multi time major winner. But again, like you mentioned Gene, he does feel a lot like Rory, where mm-hmm. I think when his career's all said and done, we're all gonna look back and we're gonna say, like, what if? What if speeth didn't spiral a little bit? What if he, you know, didn't have these putter struggles? You know, he sometimes, you know, to me seems like a little bit of a head case. And I know we're all head cases. I mean, we, we play this crazy game, but it just kind of seemed like he was really doubting himself at times. And, you know, then he kind of finds it again. And we, I felt the same way about Rory, you know, when you doubt him, he wins again and then you start thinking he's got a chance to win a major. And anyway, yeah, I think he'd fall into that camp.
2: Well, it's, it, you know, it kind of, it kind of segues when we talked about Scheffler last week, I I, I think it's, you know, my pop psychologist take is life gets good for these guys. You know, they get mm-hmm. married, uh, you know, they, they start having children. And, and suddenly it's not about that singular focus of grinding that is required, especially with this level of competition. That's not to say they're not competitors, they're not showing up, but when that difference is one or two strokes, It is that mental focus that, you know, and, you know, once again, I think that's what made Tiger so unique and so unique at the Masters was he seems, I don't know if his body will, you know, listen to his mind or even can, but he had that focus for so long. And that's just, man, that's tough to maintain, you know,
1: I think you kind of hit it last week. Gene, when we were talking about that and you were talking about the uncanny ability that tiger had to just remain hungry is I think how you described mm-hmm. it. And the fact yeah. that he was, you know, the type of player that would go out and if he was even remotely close to being in contention, he didn't want to win. He just wanted to absolutely dominate So He would do whatever it took to not only get the win, but also win by the biggest margin that he could. He was just on the gas from start to finish All four rounds. And a lot of the guys, you almost see them, for lack of a better description, kind of go on cruise control. Yep. And they start playing Billy Horschel talked about that. Yeah.
0: Yep. Billy Horschel talked about that a few years ago. And I always appreciate Billy because he usually has no filter. And, you know, I think that's what we want from from our athletes is for them to just be brutally honest. And I know sometimes that can get them in trouble, but he, he mentioned the same thing about just guys not being as hungry nowadays, because even the money, if you're top doing top twenties, you know, on the PGA tour, you can make a really comfortable life out of top 15 and top twenties on, on tour. And so the guys just don't really need to grind anymore to have a, to have a great lifestyle. And you know, the retirement money, the, the, you know, the Tour's got a great retirement fund, and you know the longer you 're out on tour, the more money you're making and getting socked away for once you you hang it up but yep. yeah, just you don't have to be as hungry. you can thank Tiger Woods for that because tiger's the only reason that these guys are playing for the money that they are these days for sure, but yeah it's just just not, it's not the same hunger
2: i i 'll tell you a funny quick Billy Horsell story, so about seven or eight years ago, we did this event. It's that weird Rhode Island PGA event that starts on Monday. Um, I think it's a oh, Rhode yeah. Island country. It's a, t- club. it's a team event, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's team. Brad, event. I think it's, it's
0: Faxon and, and and Billy Andre's uh, event.
2: Uh, well, Jacobson was hosting it when. Okay. Um, but uh, so anyway, so they they had us bring our mobile robot out and like kind of as the you know introduction to the event and everything. We. Uh, we hit, like, an 80-yard shot into an elevated green on 18, and they had the grandstands. And so they brought up some of the tour players, and Horschel was one of them, right? So we'd been there an hour before. So, you know, it was an 80-yard shot. We were dropping balls within, I don't know, four or five feet. You know, so we had the robot all set up. So we hit our shot. Horshel hits his shot, and we beat him by, like, four or five feet. He walks over to me and he goes, did you guys get to practice beforehand? And I said, yeah, Billy, you know, we were set up an hour before. And then he goes, that's not fair. That's not <laughs> fair that they let you do that. And I looked at him and I go, Billy, there's no money on the line. <laughs> this is just an exhibition. And he walked away and he, I could hear him going, it's still not fair. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like Oh, your reputation is true. You are wound tight, my man. Oh, it was fun. He is,
0: he, is <laughs> he is ultra competitive. There's a reason why he's, he's won <laughs> as many times as he has on the PGA Tour. That's, that is funny. Um, anyway, as I mentioned, not a ton going on this week as far as gear news. We will discuss Cobra's new Forge Tech and ForgeTech X-Irons. Before we get to the rundown on those, I want to let you know that this week's episode of Fully Equipped... Is brought to you by our good friends at Rockform and their G Rock wireless golf speaker. I'm sure this this ad read's going to go on for a little bit today because there's there's a little bit of a story behind this G Rock. I'm I'm wondering, yeah, there it is. Chris is holding his hand.
2: Why don't don't you just why don't you just mute me so the expletives don't come out? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) uh, you know, just just you can you can already tell.
0: Two of the three now have the speaker. Just come back. all over it's somebody is still somebody is very surly today and you know what I'm, I'm gonna say gene if i was if i was you i'd be in i'd be in the same boat but anyway
2: oh well that's good i'm glad you commiserate <laughs> with my misery yeah. you know gene you're right to feel like the lowest man on this totem pole and like the gum on the bottom of my shoe you know you've got yeah. a point there yeah i, I, I feel I, for you, you know, you're the
1: know. newest guy i mean you you wait another <laughs> six eight twelve months i <laughs> might just give you this one coach
0: coach told him, him that it. he has another speaker that he's going to send him, so we'll see if Coach lives yeah. oh, up yeah, to yeah. Yeah. his this, word. Watch
2: this! Watch this! <gasps> that, that's about as long as I was going to hold my breath on that one. But Coach,
1: did weird. you sell out? I thought we were. I thought we were blackballing Gene here. He wasn't getting anything. You get nothing and <laughs> like it, kind of thing.
3: Listen, I saw an anger in Gene when that speaker came on screen before the show that I just personally don't ever want to see again. So this, this I mean, speaker,
1: if, my my rock form speaker, if, if, that I'm going to be. <laughs>
3: I will either be, be sending him one or writing an email to Rockform and saying, Hey, you guys got to get this guy speaker before something bad happens.
1: I mean, I could use another well, one. If there's as, an opportunity for me to I take said. two, <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll I'll go ahead and I'll pull rank and I'll go, Hey, Gene, I, was,
2: I was on a golf course today. I was on a golf course on Saturday and somebody had a shitty speaker and I looked at it and thought, Oh, I could have had a nice speaker that I could have been playing music on. But no, I got to listen to this thing.
0: You don't need
1: that. You don't need Uh, that. I mean, I would say Gene's old school. He could whistle. He could sing some show tunes. I mean, maybe something that kind of appeals to that particular generation. That demographic. You know of, what? I, you know
2: what? Screw screw you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going traditionalist. I don't need music <laughs> on the golf course. I I don't need that. I mean, that's just a distraction. So, he just plays you know, music I, in his head. I, I just yeah. play music in my head. The, you know, the clown theme is the clown car <laughs> gets filled up. So, you know, I don't need you guys and your fancy speakers. Just take my, your fancy uh, speakers. Maybe, maybe you'll be yeah. able to hear
1: mine from Scottsdale Hey, when I'm out, you know, <laughs> Playing golf here in Arizona. The weather's perfect. It's, you know, maybe you'll be able to hear mine. I'll, I'll send you a, maybe we could FaceTime. I'll share the experience with
2: you. I, you know, I, I'm just going to say I like the surly Chris McCormick more than the gloating Chris McCormick. So I'm just going to go on record on that one. So. All right, do your plug. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off and do something else while you plug away at something I will never hear from. That,
0: that's that's code for Gene is not coming back. So <laughs> Gene, enjoy the rest of your week. Anyway, the the G Rock wireless speaker has a powerful magnet that Chris is gonna find out about. You can slap it on the golf cart. It's not coming off. As I mentioned, no clamps needed. It's got a great sound to it with two eight-watt speakers. It's waterproof, drop resistant. So when Chris acts a fool, drinking his five-hour energies, maybe he pops one too many. He doesn't have to worry about dinging this guy up. 24 hours of battery life. He's gonna give you up to five rounds on a single charge. This is the speaker that you need. I'll let Chris tell you about it next week when he's given it a proper test run. But anyway, if you wanna check out the speaker for yourself, Head over to rockform.com to get 20% off using promo code FE20. Again, that's promo code FE20 at rockform.com. And thanks again to the great folks at Rockform for being a sponsor and fully equipped. All right. Away from the shenanigans and back to some real gear talk. So Cobra has released a new Forge Tech and Forge Tech X. This is an iron that we've seen from them in recent years. Um, I feel like this is an iron that continues to proliferate the equipment space. It's the player's distance iron category. And, you know, I think for if you're like an old school golfer, you probably know it's like you got your tour irons, you got your game improvement irons, you got your super game improvement irons. But what the heck is a player's distance iron? It's, I, again, it's relatively new to the space. This one in particular has a 1020 carbon steel body with a hollow cavity and inside that hollow cavity is a vibration absorbing foam and that foam is going to help enhance the sound and feel and feedback and impact. Now I know there are some materials and we've talked about them before that are housed inside the cavity. I think of the the TPU for PXG's 0311. I mean that that material is meant to help with the ball speed Whereas, you know, some of these, like the one inside the Forge Tech and Forge Tech X, it's not, it's not going to, you know, increase ball, ball speed significantly. It's more there to kind of help tune that sound in the cavity. Um, also has a 20 gram tungsten toe weight in the three through seven iron that's going to help offset the weight in the hosel and get that center of gravity gravity directly behind the sweet spot it's you know I, I would have to say it's the design that we've seen a lot of this one for me in particular I, I didn't really want cobra to to do too many things to it you don't really need to reinvent the wheel with an iron that when we did testing with the original version of this did really well i mean there were, there were a lot of high marks for especially for sound and feel on this iron but again it's a player's distance iron so it sort of fits in between like your tour clubs and your game improvement but if a golfer was coming to you, Chris, and saying, you know, I, I hear about this player's distance category. I see these irons, these irons that look like a Forge Tech. It looks like a blade, but it performs like something that's way more forgiving. What kind of golfer would you say, like, hey, if you're if you're maybe this handicap range or, or this is your typical miss or, like, what kind of golfer is, is fitting into an iron like this?
1: I mean, it's... It- The King Forge Tech, and then, I mean, the new addition to this family, the King Forge Tech X this year, and one is going to be geared towards the the slightly better player, which is going to be the Forge Tech, and then they also introduced similar characteristics to the Forge Tech X, but they put 65 grams of tungsten into these heads, and these things are absolute... It's a lot of tungsten. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are absolute rocket ships. We, we actually did a video review and, uh, kind of did a head to head test between Forge Tech and Forge Tech X. And, uh, I mean the amount of ball speed that you're able to pick up with these things. I mean, even in looking at some face mapping and not necessarily the most solid strikes, uh, Forge Tech X is just super, super fast off the face. And then Forge Tech, the original iteration of that iron, Uh, no different from the new one. It's kind of a sleeper. So, I mean, it goes up against some of these other player distance irons and fits a variety of players. And you see typical demographic kind of anywhere between that low single digit all the way up into the 10, 11, 12 category if they're a decent ball striker and huge gains. And the consistency off of the face, really, really good.
0: So what's the the cutoff, the handicap cutoff, if you were going to say this range would would probably benefit more from the ForgeTech versus the ForgeTech X?
1: I mean, it kind of depends on... I wouldn't say that it's necessarily handicap-based. I think it's more objective-based as far as what the player's goals are. So if you're looking for more speed versus more height, more control, uh, I mean, you could have a single-digit player that doesn't necessarily have the speed, and you put them into Forge Tech X, all of a sudden that uh, extra strength in the Iron Loft, as far as the Static Loft is concerned, gets them the speed that they're looking for. All of a sudden they pick up the gains that they need. Uh, I mean, maybe this particular player is a little more shallow with his angle of attack, so the stronger Lofts don't necessarily influence dynamics when it comes to launch, apex height, landing angle. And whereas on the other side of the spectrum, that King Forge Tech... Uh, that is a little bit weaker on the loft side, and I, I only say weaker in comparison to the X. Uh, it's still relatively aggressive when it comes to lofting, uh, but because of that addition of tungsten, I mean, they're, between the two heads, they kind of cover that, that spectrum between single-digit player all the way up into that teen 20 category, depending upon, again, what the player's objective is, and also angles they naturally create and kind of the dynamics of the player themselves.
0: With, with the lofts being stronger on the X version, safe to say, maybe you're not going to be doing a blended set of these. It sort of feels like these are kind of in their own lane a little bit more.
1: I would definitely say, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're going to be a King Forge tech guy, be a King Forge tech guy through the set, as you start to get into that realm of making a blended set, these aren't necessarily the irons that I would say, oh yeah, we can build a combo set out of these. Oh, if you're going to build a combo set, I would trend more towards King Forge Tech and then transition into potentially another iron. Or if you're a Forge Tech X guy, you know, maybe that blends well with one of their uh, more game improvement irons in the long irons. I wouldn't put Forge Tech, Forge Tech X into the same set.
0: Yeah, it's kind of what I was figuring. Anyway, I think both these irons are going to be... You know, we, we had them tested... During player testing, and again, it's it's so funny because even when they come out with new versions of certain irons, you never go, Yeah, man, I don't know if this one's gonna be as good as the last one. Like the the forge tech did so well. It's like, ah, I, I can't imagine they're doing too much to reinvent the wheel on these. The X is gonna be a nice addition just simply because not everybody falls into that Forge Tech category. Sure. With the reduced offset in the thinner top line, and and it, again, it's it's got a hollow cavity, and so it's going to be pushing more weight to the perimeter to help with forgiveness. But some guys still need a bit more, and and I think it's I think it was smart of Cobra to release an X version just to simply check that box for the guy that's maybe uh you know ten to fifteen that that maybe needs a touch more more forgiveness and a little bit more distance. So anyway, I think it'd be good. They look clean. I posted some pictures, in hand photos. Cobra was kind enough to send us a couple of irons. I actually initially thought that they sent me the four through seven in the Forge Tech and Righty, and I'm like, hey, I, I can't hit these. And I started going through the irons and I was like, two seven irons, a four iron, a five iron. Okay, these are just for for in hand photos. This is not simply Cobra giving me the middle finger and sending me some right-handed irons. But yeah, these, these um, aren't for you. Anyway.
1: These aren't for you.
0: Yeah. They're not, nothing ever is for me. Anything that comes in a box to my house. More often than not, it's right-handed. It's it's just the biggest tease of all time. So, Gene has uh, anyway. J
1: Wall sent you any of the right-handed clubs that, that he gets sent? It's
0: not. Of course well, it's not. Well, guys, look at that, and that'll do it for this episode. <laughs> fully quits <equipped. laughs>
1: I just, I, yeah, I was just curious. I just wanted to, just wanted to pull the rest of the uh, the hosts here. And
0: if, hey, you know what? You maybe know, I don't want you. Maybe I don't want you on five-hour energy anymore because you're starting to turn into a bit of a snitch. <laughs> Snitches get stitches. You ever hear that one, Chris?
1: Uh, Oh, yeah. Very familiar. I bite scratch and pull hair. I'm not scared.
0: We we have a mailbag question for this week. I think it's an interesting one. So Diablo Sandwich on Twitter asks, I need some help on this one. How is it possible that one can hit a low spin three wood brilliantly but require the standard version for the driver. Please make sense of this.
1: Sure, Gene, you wanna you wanna tackle this one, or do you want me to give me or give my two cents first?
2: Your two
1: cents, my man. You lead. All right. So, low spin version of fairway wood versus standard version in driver. Oh, so I would attribute that to a few things. Not knowing this player, not seeing any launch monitor data, only going off of what would essentially make sense on paper. So I would say that this player probably has a tendency and trends towards being steeper with their angle of attack with fairway wood and therefore generating a little bit more launch and spin that would be you know, less than ideal. So having something that has higher center of gravity, or what falls into that low spin category for fairway would make sense. Whereas if you transition into driver and now all of a sudden your dynamics change and you go from hitting down on it to hitting up on it, maybe strike location changes on the face. You hit it higher than geometric center, maybe even trend towards the toe or so on and so forth. A little bit more MOI, a little bit more forgiveness, and maybe potentially something that has the opportunity to spin the ball a little bit more compared to the, the low spin version could easily give you a solution as to why that would be the recommendation by a fitter, or just from your own personal testing, shows you better results.
2: Hey, hey, Chris, do you find, is this com- uh, kind of a common error that you find that um, a lot of players don't swing their three and say five woods like a driver and that they play them a little bit more back in their stance and swing them more like an iron with a, with a steeper angle of attack that kind of generates a little bit more of that, you know, kind of a chopping swing as opposed to a sweeping swing. Is that, is that kind of a common uh, mistake that, that, you know, players that you see um, do?
1: So I would, I would actually go into that a little bit more in depth. So if you break down player profiles, and you can even go by handicap brackets. So the the higher handicap player is generally going to be a little bit more shallow with their angle of attack when it comes to fairway woods. So Mm -hmm. just from my experience, over 17 years of doing this, watching player dynamics when it comes to just hitting fairway woods, they have a tendency to want to try and help it up in the air and therefore be a little bit more shallow. Whereas when you get into the better players, they understand that hitting down will generally create more launch, more spin, and get the ball to go up. So your better player, in my opinion, would be trending more towards a steeper angle of attack when it comes to striking fairway woods, yet be more efficient at creating a positive angle of attack when it comes to driver.
2: Hmm. interesting so they're playing uh, the better players playing a fairway wood more for the goal of having a uh, steeper descent angle and a higher kind of peak trajectory basically holding greens as opposed to the higher handicap player who's basically trying to hit it as far as humanly possible
1: potentially sure I mean, you look at a player like John Rom. Oh, John Rom hits yep. down on his Fairway Woods. The Fairway Wood that he is currently playing is a triple diamond tee that Callaway specifically designed for his dynamics. It's got a lot of camber towards the toe, a lot of camber towards the heel, but it still has a deep face on it. And CG moved forward to accommodate the speed that he does produce with that particular golf club. But not a lot of excess turf interaction as far as wanting to bounce uh, when he does create that you know, kind of negative angle of attack and hits down on that particular fairway wood.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and then you also have guys on the other end of the spectrum that you know, they might not necessarily be fast or as efficient when it comes to getting off the tee with a driver, so they look at that fairway wood as another distance club so, they're going to be your sweeper, your picker that produces a positive angle of attack, takes it straight off of the turf, and is looking for max distance and as much yardage as they can get out of that club. Gotcha.
0: It's funny because I always thought of Tour Pros as using their Fairway Woods as an approach club. So, going out, at, attacking along par five, you know, maybe they're, they're using it off the tee if it's a really tight par 4, but most most tour pros are pulling driver nowadays and taking their chances. But talking to Scotty Scheffler, little tease there. He was our he's our interview for this week, got a chance to go one-on-one with the Masters champ last week, and he mentioned to me that when he switched from his Nike to the Stealth, he used it almost exclusively off the tee in Austin. And that that was a little bit surprising to me because I would have expected that it would have been, you know, driver all day and then, you know, three wood going in. It just doesn't seem like pros are using it as a as a club off the tee very often, unless it's like a mini driver. So I found that to be a little bit of an interesting insight from him. He had a whole bunch of other fun things to talk about, including one where he, he didn't mean to call me out, but he definitely made me feel like I wasn't doing my job very well. So that was fun. Anyway, we'll get to that interview, but... Yeah, I think I think that's a great some great insights from both of you because I know there are a lot of golfers out there that probably fall into this boat where it's like what the hell I'm hitting this low spin 3 wood great. So I would naturally think I'd be in a low spin driver, but the numbers tell me otherwise and I think that's where golfers sometimes get get hung up like wait, I you know. Again, it can happen and that that's why it's important to go get fit as we always talk about. And to find out if you are, you know, one of those guys that has an idiosyncrasy, maybe, maybe you're, maybe you just benefit from a low spin fairway wood and standard driver model. Um, speaking of driver models, although you know what, before I get into this, I want to let you know that fully equipped is brought to you by our good friends at Golf Pride and the new CPX grip. We've talked about this grip the last couple of weeks. It was recently introduced. This one has a new exo diamond quilted pattern on the grip. It was derived from the grips that you'll see on BMX bikes. If you've ever (laughs) ridden a BMX bike, man, I go back. Anytime I hear BMX bikes, I go back to just rolling around in my huffy at the third jump when I lived in Virginia as a kid. And it was this place. There were there were some pretty there were some pretty mean looking kids there. But anytime my buddies and I rolled around, I don't know how I didn't just absolutely brain myself on my bike. But the one thing I do remember is there's a lot of vibrations going on. And similar to the grips that you'd find on those bikes, you're looking for the same sort of vibration reduction in these grips. And that's what you're going to get with this. The the pattern is going to help reduce those vibrations. So if you're playing on a cold morning uh, maybe hitting a shot from uh, a hard pan or, or fescue, anything that's going to help send those extra vibrations up into your hands. This grip is going to help. It's in my opinion, one of the softest performance grips that you're going to find out on the market. And I think Chris actually had a chance to test it out recently,
1: right? I did. And for those of us out there that suffer from a little bit of a loft issue, uh might not be let's say the most consistent uh (laughs) ball strikers if you have a tendency to navigate around the face and test all of the strike points uh grip like this isn't necessarily the the worst option to throw on the clubs it uh it does help soften the uh oh man i hit that like shit feel um so there there is an opportunity there just through the grip to uh to have a little bit of benefit when it comes to the negative feedback you may get from those shots
0: yeah for sure. And we, we've seen it. We've talked about the, the benefits of graphite before and how it helps reduce unwanted vibrations. This grip has similar performance characteristics where if you can reduce those vibrations going up into your hands, that's going to actually help reduce some of the fatigue in your body. Maybe you're able to practice a bit longer. Maybe you're able to get in 36. Um, anyway, go check out the new CPX grip from Golf Pride. You can go to their website, golfpride.com, or check it out at your local retailer. All right. Last topic before we get into Mr. Scheffler's interview. So I'm working up a story for tomorrow. I, I get a lot of questions, and listen, I'm I'm going to be the first to admit I've done a terrible job of this. We we did some unbelievable <laughs> robot testing with with Mr. Robot, and I haven't done a very good job of just providing those insights. You know, I, I kind of drop little morsels here and there on social media, but I do. I, I am terrible, and I'm gonna. This is me apologizing. I I'm I'm gonna try and do a better job. So. This week on golf.com, I'll actually be releasing, as you're listening to this podcast, I went through some of the robot insights to try and find out what drivers are going to benefit certain misses. Because at the end of the day, look, I'm not here to tell you what driver is the fastest because most of us can't hit out of the center anyway. So why do I want to tell you what driver is the fastest out of the center? Yep. Yep. Chris raising his hand. (laughs) This, this is why we have this podcast is because I want to at least give you a blueprint for, for your misses so you can go and test those drivers. And that's why we're partnering with Gene for these Robot Insights. And three of them that I did want to point out, and we'll kind of try and make this a regular thing, but three drivers for three different misses. And then we can kind of discuss the technology and some of the things. But I think, I think this is going to be a fun one. So let's start with stability. So the one driver that stuck out to me when we're talking about stability, and I'm I'm talking about a driver that's a tank, meaning that no matter where you're hitting it on the face, it ain't moving. Your ball's going to be going a, a relatively similar distance to whatever you're hitting as far as your carry distance out of the center. Was the Cobra LTDX? I mean, Gene, you can speak to it as well. I. I've been consistently impressed with the LTDX since it was, since Cobras, I guess, you know, LTDX is new, but the last like two to three iterations of the Cobra drivers to me have all been really stable. Most of them were really good out of the toe section, but this one in particular was good everywhere. Meaning if you miss it all over the face, this driver is going to produce similar carry distance numbers. And if you want to know how similar we took the average, I guess the carried distance Delta between the center and the other strike eight strike locations that we tested and the distance Delta was 3.4 yards. Meaning that That was, yeah, that was on the max
2: too. Yeah. That was on the the max and uh, yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Cobra Cobra did a great job kind of stabilizing the face and you know uh i hate the word forgiveness because but it's it's a good word um in this context it's just a very very forgiving driver and it's especially forgiving like you said if you hit it towards the toe um and you know for for the listeners out there that that You know, a launch monitor like a GC quad is, you know, kind of the gold standard because you can see right there immediately after you hit a shot where where you hit it. And that's the gratification, instant gratification and feedback. But if you don't have a launch monitor, there's just a real simple kind of test for golfers. And that's if you hit the ball in the toe and you feel the club twist in. Forgive me, Jonathan, this is for the right-hand biased listening audience, but this is the opposite Mm -hmm. for lefties. But if you feel it twisting to the right, um, that's that's a toe shot. And if you feel it twisting to the left in your hands, that's a heel shot. But that's a way on the course, on the driving range, when you're kind of working um, on your game, you can determine where your miss is. And then with knowing that, you either, you know, improve that with lessons or you purchase a piece of equipment that, that you know, uh, lends itself towards your miss and is more forgiving towards your miss. And as you said, these clubs overall had some of the best forgiveness numbers, but especially towards the toe, they were really, really solid.
0: Yeah. Chris, what's what's been the... The feedback from guys that have rolled through, has, has the LTDX been doing well when you've been doing head-to-head with a lot of the other drivers during testing?
1: I, no surprise. What we saw during robot testing has kind of carried over with uh, what we're seeing in the fitting bay as well. So the, the Cobra product this year, LTDX, LTDX LS, both of those have really kind of jumped off the page when it comes to speed, consistency, stability. And I mean, to your point, the the player that does trend towards that slight toe miss is, is seeing some great numbers. I mean, even the guy that does have a little bit of a tendency to go low on the face, spin doesn't get really crazy. And the stability off of that miss has been really, really consistent. So I would say what we saw with Robot is absolutely validated with what we're seeing in a, in a hitting environment when it comes to fitting. And I mean, surprisingly enough, well, I shouldn't say surprisingly, so there was a fairly good amount of our fitters at Truespec that once they had an opportunity to get the new Cobra product in the studio and start to do some independent testing on their own, actually made a transition and started to put these in the bag. So that's a, that's a testament for that product, specifically when you have guys that do this for a living have an opportunity to test everything and see tens of thousands of golf shots a year, I mean, it goes in the bag I mean, it speaks for itself as to the, the quality of the product.
0: Yeah. So from a high toe perspective, which is another common miss, one of the drivers that stuck out is no surprise here, the TaylorMade Stealth. You know, they've, they've got the twist face. Twist face has been around for, for a little while now going back to sim. And you know, now we're going into a, a carbon version of this twist face, but just because you're changing materials, doesn't mean that you're not getting the same benefits. And that's what I noticed as I was going through the data is if you're a golfer that continually misses high toe and that's high toe, I would feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong guys, but high toe to me seems like a better player miss like any, anything, anything high toe. I'll take that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Especially when you're swinging inside out. Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, I would say high toe is a better player, but the, the distance drop-off between center strike and high toe was four yards, and I was going through some of the other drivers, and it was you know probably around six to seven yards, maybe even eight sometimes in the drop-off between center and, and high toe, so it's one where you will see uh, a pretty significant drop-off, and that's just because when you hit high toe, it's killing spin. So with with the twist face you're able to help increase a little bit of that spin when you miss it on that high toe which is then going to improve your carry distance and that's how you're able to keep the delta between center and high toe a lot tighter. So again, if you're you're a better player, that's why we see a lot of we've seen a lot of and again, it's I feel like this is a little bit skewed, but but TaylorMade Stealth is definitely having a moment right now. They've won a whole bunch of tournaments. Scotty Scheffler has certainly helped by winning four tournaments in like a two-month stretch. But anyway, it is it is a driver that's done well. And if that, if you're going to tout your driver as having this technology and being a benefit, high-toe, low-heel, just goes to show you that this one actually does live up to the marketing speak. It, it does. It's, it, was, it was one of the best on the high-toe misses. And I don't even really feel like I have to ask Chris about Stealth. I figure, I mean, I keep hearing from guys about the the backlog on this driver and how they're still waiting on one. I would imagine it's it's done decently well at retail this year.
1: I, if it's anything like what we've seen, I would assume so. I mean, Stealth is I a mean, super fast off the center, but to your point, j Wall, the uh, that high toe strike. If you're that player, and as Gene was saying, if you are kind of trending towards that in-to-out pattern, in-to-out and up with a high-toe miss, the, uh, the Stealth and the Stealth Plus perform really, really well for that miss. And now yeah. on the other end of the spectrum, if you're somebody that does have the, the heel strike, Twist Face does help there, but not to the degree that we've seen off of that high-toe miss. I and mean, it's just been really, really solid, really consistent. And for that better player that has speed and spin issues, it's, it's really hard to beat that driver.
0: Yeah. The last one that I wanted to highlight for this week, the low miss. So lower third of the driver face, very common impact location for those mid to high handicap golfers. Hell, I even impact the low portion of the face more, more than I probably want to admit, but. Didn't you watch this,
2: those videos that I did about teeing it up to the upper third? Come on, man. Gene, I like, don't, do I, I don't.
0: Listen, I you're talking I just to me. To nobody. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like I, I don't, I don't think I've ever listened in my entire life. I've pretty much just gone against the grain and and just crashed and burned more times than I could remember. So He's yeah, too busy I know. I a rock one
1: speaker and playing with his right hand golf clubs yeah, and, that's hey. right. That's right.
2: I got that's, it. That's, that that a, is, that that's true. the other half plays. <laughs> all right, all right. I got you. Well, the working man over here is just grinding away, trying to give Oh, here we go. Them, here so, we
0: go. You know. uh, so lower third of the face, if you're a golfer out there and you're like, man, that's me. The oh. Callaway Rogue ST Max... Missed the lower portion of the face. It, the, the distance drop off between there and center is almost non existent. I went back and looked, and the average between low center heel toe and, and out of the dead center was 0.2 yards.
2: So, it, and to add to that, one of the things, you know, looking at the data, which is really interesting about the whole Rogue um, ST Max line was kind of the the balance of drop off and what i mean by that is even with the you know so so we hit in the center the toe the heel high center toe heel low center toe heel so what we're talking about is the mean average of 8 points off of the center as far as what these drop offs are concerned and because it's 8 points you could have like high center that sometimes high center actually gains a yard or two so that's in the you know the plus category And then when it averages out, you know, say you get a four or five yard drop off type thing. What was interesting about the um, uh, the ST Max and the uh, ST Max draw were how balanced they were in the drop off. And what I mean by that is kind of high to low was only about four to five yards. There wasn't like um, in some of these other drivers, sometimes you'd see a 15 or 20 yard drop off, say on a low heel or a low toe type thing. But the ST Max line seemed to be much more balanced in its kind of overall drop off on all of the positions on the club face. So uh, it was, uh, you know, I would say probably, you know, one of the more consistent clubs uh, when you hit it that, you know, your loss was going to be consistent regardless of where you hit it on the
0: kind of like kind of like an LTDX. So anyway, yeah, no, and I agree. And it, it's, it is, it reminds me a lot of the LTDX. And when you're saying consistency across the entire face and, you know, look, that's what we all want. We want a driver where we're not worried about, man, if I miss it out here, I'm just screwed. Like we all have, we all have common misses where we're, we're going to be hitting it out of certain areas, certain quadrants more often than not. So hopefully those three insights, like we're, we're never going to, we're never going to like tell you this driver's the best. We're merely just out here trying to give you some insight. So when you go to your fitter to try and work your way into a new driver, maybe you say, hey, look, I heard that this one is really good and I'm a guy who misses it all in the face. Can you make sure it's in it's in the rotation when I start to test? Anyway, we'll keep doing more of those insights every week going forward. I say every week. I'll, I'll try and see if I can find some more fun insights, but these are good. Check it out on golf.com. I got five of them in addition to the three, a couple more if you have a common miss all right let's do it let's get into this hey, week's interview hey, wait wait wait
2: wait I got one last oh, thing. one last thing oh you guys gosh have to, here we go you, no I just I want you guys to think good thoughts for me and hold me in your thoughts this weekend because I this 55 year old middle aged bald white man is taking my 18 year old daughter to Coachella oh. <gasps>
0: Wow. <laughs> Please wow. take pictures. I didn't, I didn't want you to choke. there, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, man. You got to take pictures. I was,
2: re- I was really hoping to be able to, like it was going to be, you know, uh, we could move the podcast to Friday and I could have my floppy hat on in front of the stage. I was going to say,
0: do we get a look at, at your wardrobe for, for Coachella?
2: So so, uh, so that actually is an issue. And my daughter, she said, basically, you know, dad, uh, I don't want you ruining my vibe. So I'm going to need you to like wear something cool. And I'm going, well, what do you want me to wear cool? So she's sending me these TikTok videos of these literal kids because they're like in their early 20s with rock hard abs wearing all this stuff. So I finally just snapped and I went, you know what? I said, here's the deal. I'm going to wear corduroy overalls. With no shirt, a straw cowboy hat, and cowboy boots. And I'm going, as that? There's like this five-second pause. And she goes, that'll work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Wow. That was easy. I would highly recommend like, the sandals and white socks as well. If uh, if you're going to do it. Let's like, just go all the way.
2: I'm like... I'm like, is irony dead for this younger generation? But no. So I'm going to look like a waiter at a Jamaican resort. I'm going in the linen to keep myself cool, but I know it's going to get cool at night, you know, so I need to cool off. So yeah, madam I'm a uh, Doja Cat baby, Billy Eilish, <laughs> Harry Styles. That's me. He knows, oh, he knows
0: more <laughs> of the performers than I do. Uh, I'm, I'm terrified. Wow. <laughs> Coachella, love so, okay, it. But good on you for going. I mean, you're going to make some serious memories with your daughter doing yeah, that.
2: Yeah. No. It'll 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 be fun. It'll 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 be fun. But it's going to be fourteen wow. hours a day, three days in a row.
0: So, yeah. Gene There's will not that. be on next week's podcast. Let's just throw <laughs> that, that out there. <laughs> He's going to be nursing a. Some serious hangover, sleep deprivation, burn all yep, kinds of all issues. Of it. Everything, everything. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't. We're gonna, we're gonna need the full report on next week's pod because you, I imagine you, that's we'll, gonna be an all timer.
2: You will definitely yeah. get that without a doubt. And, and you God know speed, what? Sir. I won't even, I won't even, I won't even look like an undercover cop. There, I'll just look like a cop. I mean, it's just like you know, I'm, i I've aged out even the undercover cop look at this point. So. Anyways, it'll be fun. We'll see.
0: Unbelievable. Well, that was definitely worth uh, throwing in before we get into this week's interview. So as I mentioned, had a chance to go one-on-one with recent Masters champion Scotty Scheffler, newly minted, tailor-made staffer. He gives us a quick look at his testing process, the driver. Great insights on the switch out of the Nike. If he still has it in his possession, I did ask him. And we close things out by discussing that crazy nick in his putter shaft that he had to get changed out right before the first round of the Masters. Scotty was a great interview. Enjoy it. All right. Well, from an Aggie to a Longhorn, congrats on an incredible week at Augusta. Scotty, thanks for hopping on fully equipped.
3: Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on.
0: So, first things first, you know, you had been an equipment free agent for a good bit. And then all of a sudden, you decide to join Team TaylorMade uh, this year at the Players' Championship. What ultimately made you decide to leave Gear Free Agency for a staff deal with TaylorMade?
3: Um, you know, I mean, there's a couple of reasons. I, mean, I think first and foremost, being the driver, um, I had been using a ping driver for a few years now, but we did some testing here in Dallas over the winter, and I saw some pretty significant improvements in like ball speed and distance without really losing any um, accuracy off the tee. And so for me, it was pretty easy transition. And then, you know, I was pretty much planning on staying a free agent just because, you know, I kind of like that, you know, um, being able to play kind of the best stuff for me is usually what's worked. And so Taylor made it pretty easy to where, you know, I've always used a bunch of their stuff and it was a pretty seamless transition where, you know, I have a lot of faith in what they do, and um, you know, I really trust their equipment.
0: You mentioned just the driver testing process. What is that driver testing process like for you? And it did you know? You've I know you've changed drivers in the past. How does this kind of compare? Was was it a quicker transition to the new product than maybe in the past when you've changed drivers?
3: Oh, I would say that it was quicker in a sense where I didn't have to do much, uh, like. I saw the benefits immediately so like when we did the testing I hit my driver and our testing day was actually really good it was blowing like 30 but straight in our face when we were testing in Dallas and so it was crazy windy and Taylor made is I've always had drivers will you know get ball speed improvements and stuff like that but I've always struggled with accuracy in the past um, and this new one with the carbon wood, you know, it took us a little while during that testing day, but um, the accuracy was, you know, the same as my ping, and I was hitting it, you know, three four miles an hour faster, and it's carrying further through the air. And um, it turned out to be a really good day to test drivers because I wanted to make sure it was just as accurate as my ping, and you know, it was with you know the gains from the from the ball speed.
0: You mentioned the ball speed increases. I mean, three miles an hour is a is you know pretty much close to ten yards. Are you noticing that when you're playing in competition that you're having? less club into to some of these holes when you're hitting driver off the tee.
3: Yeah, I've really noticed it more just kind of looking at certain bunkers and like I I don't think this year I may have hit as many fairways as I did last year. But my misses, I don't really have like a crazy big miss anymore. I'm keeping the ball close to the fairway when I do miss. And I'm further up. I'm I'm definitely having less club into a lot of greens and certain par 5s and I'm not looking at bunkers that I used to look at. I mean, And you know, that's, that's really a testament to the speed that I picked up with the driver.
0: So I got to ask you about the Nike fairway. It was one of my, personally, one of my favorite golf clubs out on tour. Um, I, you, you laugh, but, but I've talked about a lot about it on our podcast, um, were you surprised how quickly you were able to find a suitable replacement for that three-wood in the uh, Stealth 3HL? Because having talked to, to plenty of pros over the years, uh, Rory's one of the guys in particular. They've mentioned, you know, fairy woods are tough to get out of the bag when you find something you like. But for this, it seemed like it was a pretty easy transition. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's really fair to
3: say. Um, you know, I'm really weird about my three-wood. That's why I had that one for so long because I hit so many different kinds of shots with that club. Um, and for me, I have to see all those shots and it's really hard for me to figure that out kind of on the testing on the driving range. And so I really got to get it in competition and play. And so the first week I used it in play was in Austin and I used it a lot more off the tee there. And the benefits off of the tee were, I mean, it almost, it almost wasn't in the same ballpark to where like my miss hits on the tailor made. If I happen, especially when I hit off the heel, if I heal it on the tailor made, uh, the stealth one, I almost can't even tell the difference between that and the middle of the face. And when I healed it with my Nike one, granted it was an amazing club, it was a pretty significant loss in distance and it would overspin and fade a lot. The TaylorMade one almost comes out like a little lower and it's just a touch more spin because of the mishit, but it's much more consistent off the tee. So when I first used it in Austin, I was like, this is amazing. Um, and I, would, I tried it out that week just because the, the gains off the tee were so much better. Um, and you know, now I'm starting to notice that I really still have a lot of the same shots that I did with that old Nike one.
0: Is the Nike still in a place of prominence? Do you have it set up somewhere in a club locker in your house?
3: Yeah, I, I have a golf room in my house actually. And so I got, <laughs> I got all kinds of, I got all kinds of cool stuff in there.
0: So let's let's transition into your your TaylorMade your P7 TW blades. You know TaylorMade has two different versions. They have P7 MB and then they have the TW, which is the Tiger Design blades. What was it about the P7 TW that made you feel like it was the better option for your game?
3: So I used that. Was it the 730? That was the old blade. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So I I used the 730. Oh gosh, how'd it go? So when Nike stopped making clubs when I was in college. I went and I started testing all kinds of stuff because all I played was Nike. I never really tested anything out. I just trusted right. what they did. And um, I maybe used a set of Cowboy irons for a couple months. And then I found those, I think it was the Tour Preferred irons, the MBs. Does that oh, yeah. sound right? Oh, yeah. Yep. And so I switched into those. And then when they came out with the 730s, immediately it was something like whenever the club was going through the hitting area, I could really feel it. It was kind of hard to describe to where like I could almost feel more of a thump with that iron and I was able to shape it a lot better than I was the tour preferred it was something like right in the hitting area from like the bottom like fourth of my golf swing I just felt like a really good connection to the club and then I used those for a couple of years and I played with Tiger at the Masters in 2020 and he hits the ball so stinking solid and just shapes it so well. I got home after the Masters. I was like, I have to at least try these irons. Like, I watched him hit the ball. And I was like, I got to at least try these. And so I always have the connection with Tiger through all the Nike equipment. And so when he switched over to TaylorMade, I was like, this should be a pretty easy transition. I'm used to playing clubs that he you know, had a lot of factor in the design for. And what I noticed when I hit him at home was I was able to hit uh, different windows. So when I flighted it down, I could pinch it lower than I could the 730. And I wanted to hit it up. I could hit it higher, and so I saw more variability in the shots, and then the distance control was basically you know the exact same, and so I saw the benefits of being able to flight it down and keep it flatter and not have that overspin and just have a little bit more variety.
0: So I noticed, I shot your clubs uh, at Torrey Pines earlier this year, and I noticed there was, there was a bunch of lead tape on the six iron, and was the only club in the bag for your irons that had it. But what's the reasoning behind just having the lead tape on that specific club? So did you notice
3: there was two six irons?
0: I didn't. There were two six irons in the bag.
3: So there's two six oh. irons. One was a training club. And so the one that you saw while the lead tape was a training club.
0: Interesting. So what's the reasoning behind that?
3: So I have a form I, I have a form grip that I use. And so obviously with all that rubber it weighs more. And so to match the swing weight, I had to add a bunch of weight to ah. the head to match the swing weight. And so that's that's the club that you're seeing. And it's only in there for practice rounds when I warm up, and obviously when I play in tournaments, it's not in there because it's a four shot penalty. I have yeah. now left it I have left it in the bag
0: once. That that makes way more sense now. Okay. So I was I was talking to some of the reps when I was at Augusta last week. And one of the stories that I thought was incredibly interesting, I was speaking to to Drew Page, Scotty Cameron's tour rep. And he mentioned to me that he had to do some last minute um, surgery on your putter. Um, I I want you to walk me through, like Drew comes up to you and says, Hey, there's a dent in the shaft of your putter. Um, Did did you feel that anything was off? Were were you surprised that he was telling you that, that there was a dent in your putter
1: shaft?
3: No, no, I was not surprised at all, actually. So I I think it was Wednesday morning. I was I took my putter home to practice, and I was like, something just doesn't look right. And my original thought was like, hey, I'll just have to check the loft and line. And I kind of looked at the shaft when I was at home, and the light was reflecting off of it kind of weird, but I couldn't see a noticeable bend. It was just like the one way when I put it in the light, it was just refracting, refracting kind of weird off of it somehow. And then when I was out on the course, I, it just didn't feel right. Like I had been putting good for a while and all of a sudden I was just setting up and I put it on my mirror at home and it's just the face is flaring open it just keeps flaring open I was like my putter hasn't done that before and so I called him in the morning I was like hey can you check the loft and lie? and he gets in there and he checks the loft and line he's like yeah buddy it's like two degrees more upright than it was and he's like it's a quarter more degree aloft. loft and I was like all right like that's kind of weird why don't you check the shaft and he's like all right yeah sure we'll just check the shaft because his original thought was the metal on that putter is also really soft.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and he was like it could just bend over time like these things are a lot softer than the old model you used to use and then he checked the shaft and it was like actually there's a bend in the shaft and i was like all right just fix it up and you know he fixed it up and it had to me like an hour later and i grabbed it and i was like feels good um and that was it you
0: know when when it comes to club testing are you a guy who relies more or weights more of the the feel when determining if you're going to be changing a club or do you lean more heavily to what the numbers are telling you on the launch monitor?
3: I would say I have to have more of a connection to the club. And so like when I'm talking about the P730 irons, you know, um, feeling in the hitting area, I kind of felt the same thing with the driver. When I want to flight it and hit different shots, especially with the shaft change, I'm kind of feeling more of the hitting area and just have more of a connection to the club down at the bottom to where I can kind of, you know, If I want to pinch it or take off spin or if I want to hit it really high, like I have that kind of connection to the bottom of the club where the numbers can't really give me that kind of awesome. connection.
0: Scotty, this is great. Again, congrats on the Masters win, and thanks for joining Fully Equipped. Yeah, of course. Thanks, John. And that'll do it for episode 137 of Fully Equipped. As always, if you want that gear goodness, be sure to check us out on social media. We are at Fully Underscore Equipped on Twitter and at Fully Equipped Golf on Instagram. Always appreciate you listening. Gene, Godspeed and Coachella. See you next time.